you're listening to Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Paul Moore here with you, and Herman even. Herman, guess what's for dinner? <laughs> leftovers. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> family and stressing, leftovers. That's right. Other folks might have beef, but we've got family and stressing. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you want to say grace? Oh, yeah, no kidding. Lord, we do thank you so much that you provide us the answers, and that's what we didn't do last time, is provide a clear answer to how to deal with this family stressing time during the holidays. Pray for your great clarity through us and great understanding for everyone that hears. In your precious name, amen. Amen. So the last time we were together, we were talking about family and stressing. Mm -hmm. We talked about the family system models. And there was a lot of encouragement for me to live my good values. Right. But there wasn't a lot of help how. Right. And I don't want to be guilty of gossiping. And I know that I don't want to live a life where I'm criticizing, condemning, or complaining. But just biting my tongue's not the ticket. No, it's not. Too often, that's what happens to us. We end up, like we were talking about last time, we end up walking on eggshells, and we end up not saying anything about something that really needs to be talked about. You have this time that you get together, and all sorts of difficulties that are unresolved. And there's the big issue. It's all unresolved. We have all these family issues that are unresolved because we don't have forgiveness and we don't have confession going on, and therefore we're not pursuing the best for others. And that's what creates this stress. It's all these unresolved, well, we can't talk about that. No, that's going to make them mad, you know. But Herman, you've helped me in all these many weeks how not to make it about me, so I can't do those things because they're still making it about them. That's that's what we end up doing. We end up blaming it on somebody else. Well, they're making it about themselves, so why shouldn't I? That's it's it's this sick way that we end up doing life instead of just going, "No, I I, I really want to do what God is asking me to do," as opposed to, "No, they need to do what's right." God gave us family. We forget that God gave it. It didn't just happen. Mm-hmm. So I have to believe it's not meant to be an endurance contest. <laughs> Well, there is perseverance, and that's the last step of what we're going to be talking about today. There is perseverance in every one of us. I'm glad you actually brought that up. You're saying steps? I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I'm going to grab a pen. Yeah, there's definitely going to be some steps we're going to talk about here. But perseverance is absolutely crucial in all of our Christian walk with the Lord, because it's a matter of us constantly making the one decision. What's that one decision? Am I going to trust God? or trust something other than God. That is the simple decision, but the problem is it comes up all the time. And our problem is we're just not willing to trust the Lord all the time, unfortunately. But you know what one of the problems I have is? I keep thinking I got to deal with this before I can trust God. That's right. Again, too much of the time what we're doing is we're instead of focusing on pursuing the best for others, we're pursuing the best for ourselves. So these holidays create this family stressing. There is a way to deal with this, and God is very clear about it. We can look at to Galatians 6 and see a very simple answer. It's the, it's the way that too many, uh, uh, too many times we only apply this to the idea of getting somebody straightened out. But this is the way that we can think about any conversation that's a difficult conversation. You, you want to follow these specific ways that God has said you deal with somebody. Okay, I've been dealing with the eggnog, but I don't think this is going to be fun because anything that starts off with, if any man is overtaken in trespass, that's not going to be fun. Yeah, and that's 
what too often this passage is only limited to. It actually works for any conflict. And that's what I want to do is expand it to any conflict. Anytime you have a situation between two people, you can use this principle. You can use these principles here in this passage, Galatians 6, 1 through 5 and verse 9, to apply to how are you going to go about this? Last time we talked about the idea of what was going on in the family system and that it was difficult to uh, deal with the stress and we need to stop thinking about ourselves and pursue the best for others. That's the, that's the biggest, biggest uh, uh, area okay, that we need to I be focused can, on. My example last time was I've grown, I've changed, I like to think I'm maturing as a Christian. Right. I re-enter the family system, and all of a sudden I pick up this old role, and all of a sudden I'm an idiot again. What happened? Yeah, it's that it's the whole idea of the family system. You know, you either, I mean, if you just want to leave it in two options, there's probably many, many, many more. But two options are you either feel older when you're around your parents or you feel younger. That's typically what happens. Too often if you feel younger, it's because you really haven't, you know, gotten away from their, you know, the, their, the, the halo effect. The halo is not a good term, but out, out of their uh, realm of control in some regards. Okay, quickly, if I can, you had described it as a mobile, mm-hmm. like one of those things over a baby crib. Can you explain that again? Well, the whole mobile is when you make a change in any one of the little tentacles hanging off of that mobile, it's going to move the whole mobile, right? And the mobile wants to be in equilibrium. It doesn't want to be moving. So anybody that change, tries to change the system shakes the whole system. And so that's what we're going to end up doing today. We're going to end up giving you an opportunity to shake the system in the right way, meaning you're one of those tentacles on this giant mobile of your family system. And when you decide to move into a different place, when you decide to do what God is asking you to do, you become a different person for the rest of the system to respond to. And don't miss this point. The system is not necessarily going to like that. The system enjoys being the way it is as opposed to being changed. And what you do when you end up setting out to do what God wants you to do, you end up influencing the system in a way that that system may end up pushing back on you. And you're going to give me some steps for how to do that. I'm going to definitely give you some steps on how to be thinking about this. So let's let's, uh, launch into this. In Galatians chapter 6, let's take a look and read the passage, Galatians 6, 1 through 5, and we can see some basic, simple steps. Brethren, verse 1, chapter 6 of Galatians, brethren, if a man is overtaken in trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another." for each one shall bear his own load. Now, there is some really powerful stuff that I had not seen until I was studying this recently as it relates to the last few verses there that deal with freedom, and we're going to point that out also. But let's just start right at the very beginning there. 
if any man is overtaken in trespass, okay, so there's a person that's got some issues that they need to deal with. How are you going to deal with them? What is the best way to deal with them? The Lord says here, just go, just go ream them out and say they're wrong. You know, get over it. Start doing it the right way. Isn't that what the Lord says? <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not even close, right? Well, I don't know. I saw right there, you who are spiritual, and I'm thinking, this is my Aunt Tilly. She thinks she's the junior Holy Spirit, so she's going to fix us all. Yeah, well, that is a very, very important term, because that's the first criteria. Notice the very first criteria. You who are spiritual, and we're going to be able to see very clearly how that ties directly back to chapter 5. This is very important for us to keep that in our mind. But it says restore. (laughs) That's the second thing that we want to consider. But we've, we really need to deal with the first one, you who are spiritual. And we can define that very clearly, but it, it's we, we probably don't need to, to try to do it right now. Let's do it right after the break and see what we want to do there. Thank you for saying that, Herman. So there you go. If you didn't get it yet, you got a chance to grab your Bibles. If you're on the road, that's cool, <laughs> too. Remember, you can go to our website, greatrelationships.com. That's grnumeratrelationships.com. You can also listen to the program that covers with this. This is actually family stressing and leftovers. You can go back and look at family stressing. We're talking about family systems, how to live your good values, and how to share the truth in love. We'll be back right after this. Great definitions for great relationship. God's complementary designs. Men and women are created equal in value, but different in design and role. Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You know how you're always praying for a sign from God? That you're meant to go to seminary? This is your sign, seriously. I'm here to tell you about Grace, Grace School of Theology. It's free grace based. The professors are world-class. It's accredited, accessible, attainable, and oh yes, it's affordable. You can even complete your entire degree online, which means you don't have to move. Wouldn't it be great to have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God? Write this down www.gsot.edu gsot.edu or call 877-476-8674 877-476-8674 Now get going! Now! back and thank you for joining us great relationships we're talking about leftover family and stressing so herman you were going to give me some steps to live my good values not just endure yeah and it started you were talking about my auntie dilly right she's going to restore me for those of you who are spiritual well the only thing i got that's spiritual in my family's bunch of demons (laughs) don't say that that's awful Oh, they, they're probably listening to the show right now, and you're going to have to have to use these steps to deal with them. That's yeah, exactly well, they're thinking gonna... I'm pretty spirit-filled, too. So. <laughs> 
Well, that's what we want to talk about here. The very first, very first step, there's going to be six of them if you want to write something down. The very first step is to be spirit-led. That's the idea of spiritual. And how do I, why would I come to that conclusion when, when it says here, you who are spiritual? Well, it's right here in the context. Just go up into the end of chapter 5, and it specifically is talking about the fruit of the Spirit right there. Okay, so you didn't want me to wear a turban with a jewel. No, absolutely not. The whole idea of spiritual means the context here is you are one of the people, if you look at your life and you will be classified through examining yourself that you are one of the people that would be walking with the Spirit and you're, you have a real desire that the Spirit of, of, of God and His fruit are being shown through you, that's how you could classify yourself as spiritual. It's just simply being Spirit-led. Now, there's a second component here that I do want you to consider here that you need to be examining yourself also. It's, a mat, it's not a matter of you just going, well, I think I am. Uh, it's, it's a matter of examining examining yourself. Go to verse four. It says, but let each one examine his own work. So that would be an additional item that I would say to you. So first and foremost, make certain before you go have any of these type of conversations with anybody that you're walking with the Lord. Lord, is this what you want me to be doing? Lord, I really want your fruit to be showing through me. I want to be ex- I want you to convict me if I am not the person that needs to be making these type of a state these type of statements. So that's that's a critical first step. So just because I'm a believer does not mean I'm automatically empowered to go be the junior Holy Spirit in someone's life. Absolutely not. That's exactly right. It's the reason why it's saying if if you who are spiritual, it doesn't say just go be gentle and restore somebody. It says you who are spiritual, make certain that you're following 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 the Lord and walking with Him, because we're going to see why that's a big problem. You're going to end up being tempted to sin. What is the biggest temptation that you end up running into when you're having a difficult conversation with somebody? The emotional component, right? I may, I mentioned something to you and I'm, I'm, I really have a good heart about it and I'm trying to get, get it across to you. You may be defensive about that and become angry and I might end up, unfortunately, responding in kind. That's what this is talking about. You know, it's funny. I didn't realize that I understand exactly what you're talking about. There are times where people have spoken correction into my life, and those who were self-powered mm-hmm. did get upset or emotional or forceful, and then it seemed that those who were spirit-led were almost apologetic, very humble mm-hmm. about even having to have the discussion. And that's it, it wouldn't necessarily be you know, the, the fact that they might be apologetic, and that might be true for some people, but it definitely would not have a, a mindset of the flashing me and me getting upset because you're getting defensive. It's spirit-led. It's, this isn't about me. It's about me pursuing your best. That's the reason why I'm doing this. That would be the first and most important criteria, spirit-led. Quickly to the second one, Very, it's, it's one word. It's right there. You who are spiritual, restore now, with too, a stick. <laughs> too often we add that. That's exactly what we end up doing to that instead of just going restore. It's a matter of mending. If you go look at the Greek 
it's 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 the concept is mending like mending a broken bone that's what we are to be doing somebody is broken we need to be thinking about them in a way to help mend them it's not us mending them but it's god's going to help them mend if they're willing to take this and and think about these issues wow that reminds me of the parable of the vine dresser i don't want to take a rabbit trail but we always thought that meant to prune or to cut mm-hmm. off and no in this case lift up lift up amen that's exactly right so spirit led first second restore about mending god wants us walking in the spirit with a heart that desires to mend and restore relationships the way we teach this kind of in the secular world is to be thinking of relationships future and freedom three terms i want to preserve relationships i want to think about how we can go into the future in a better way and i want to be thinking freedom meaning it's not my job to change them it's their job to change themselves Uh, that's how we talk about in the secular world but it is my job to speak truth it is our job to speak truth not impose it speak it and it's not demanding it or any of those other terms it simply is to speak it so spirit-led First step, second step, restore, and then notice this is a critical, critical, critical step. It's the one thing that you need to remember probably about all of this. Get a big stick. (laughs) No, gentleness. (laughs) The exact opposite. Be gentle. Be gentle. A spirit of gentleness. It's only possible to be gentle when it's not about you when you have humility. It's not about me. I really hope that you can be restored. I really hope that you can get over this brokenness. I really hope that you can get past this issue. It's not about me. That's how gentleness can show up. And when you're gentle, you don't create any barriers between the two of you. Whereas when you're forceful and you're pushy and you're trying to make people do something, it generates this huge barrier of rebellion. Well, who are they to say that to me? That's a big problem for all of us, no matter what. And what gentleness does is it has a tendency to bring those barriers down because it's not, I'm not trying to make you change. I'm just hoping that you're willing to accept this. So spirit led, we really want you to be walking with the Lord. Do not have any of these conversations. If you're not walking with the Lord, you're just going to make things worse, more than likely. Spirit led, restore and be gentle. So that is where we end up with those first few verses there. Uh, You who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you be tempted. If you don't do that, you're going to fall into the trap. The biggest issue that I think that it's talking to is if you aren't gentle, you're going to end up sinning and you're not going to be helping them at all. There's not going to be any restoration here. It's just going to create a further problem. Wow. So that gets you through verse one. And then what's so interesting is where we come next in verse two, bear one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? What is the law? Some people are probably going, what is the law of Christ? Fulfill the law of Christ. Well, it's actually pretty simple when you go back to the, what Jesus said are the two greatest commands, right? Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. What's the law of Christ? To pursue the best for others, pursue the best for God, you know? It's to obey God and pursue the best for others. That's how you can state those two, two uh, commandments very easily. So the notice what God is saying. If I am spirit-led, restore, and I'm, and I'm being gentle, then what I'm going to be doing is 
following this law of Christ, which is love. I'm going to be actually pursuing their best. I'm going to be loving them because I'm bearing their burdens. So if I have that as my fourth step, that is a very important thing. You could actually put that back to the top because why? Love is part of the fruit of the Spirit. So if, I, if, I walk, if I'm walking with the Lord and I have the fruit of the Spirit in my life, love is going to be there, but it's going to actually show up in an action by bearing your burden. I'm going to be talking with you and hoping that, is there anything I can do to help you through this time? Now, that is, just think about this. We're talking about this because it's family. We're talking about family stressing type stuff. More than likely, you've had more than one conversation about this in the past. Yes, and not necessarily with that individual. I may have, this can sound terrible, poisoned the waters Mm -hmm. with my spouse, with friends, with Mm -hmm. So we need to be very careful about this. But your whole idea is now, how can we create a solution going forward? I want to be spirit-led. I want to be thinking restoration. I want to think gentleness. Now I'm going to really focus on pursuing their best. Patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And there's two more steps. We'll get there right after this. Again, the website, greatrelationships.com, grnumeratelationships.com. Find us and like us on Facebook. We'll be back right after this. Great quotes for great relationships. That woman was taken from man no more implies the inferiority of woman to man than the taking of man from the ground implies the inferiority of man to the ground. Nor does the term helper connote subordination. Dr. Eugene Merrill. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships right now. Relationships can be great. And not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R-numeral-8-relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Welcome back to Great Relationships, the website, greatrelationships.com. That's GR, numeral eight, relationships.com. Herman, we're talking about family stressing and leftovers, more specifically, and I need some help for practicality here. We've talked about what happens when I get together with my family or people who are important to me, and all of a sudden, my good values don't fit the role of the past, mm-hmm. and I don't want to enable. Mm-hmm. I don't want to just lie down or endure. How do I share the truth and love? How do I 
live my good values without imposing them. Before the break, you gave me six steps. Four of them you covered, if you can review them quickly. Right. Be spirit-led. That That's in the context here. We are to be exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit. If you just go up a couple of couple of verses into chapter 5, you're going to see that that's where he was uh, He was leaving us, walking in the walking in the Spirit. Be Spirit-led. Have an attitude of restoration. I want to restore this relationship. I'm not trying to break the relationship and make it worse. I want to restore it. Third, it's gentleness. Have a mindset of be gentle. That would be the third one. And then obviously it's going to show up in bearing one another's burdens or love. So spirit-led, restore, be gentle, love. Those would be the four steps that you can think about that are being mentioned here. So we move on into what I think is a very interesting fifth step here. It specifically says in verse 4, but let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. What in the world is that talking about? So that'd be the fifth step, rejoice. I'm to have this conversation, and I'm to be gentle, and I'm to be pursuing their best and bearing their burden, and then I'm to rejoice. Sometimes we can think about that from the viewpoint of, well, rejoice that I actually did it. But that isn't what it says here. It says, let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone. Well, that sounds like a me moment, doesn't it? That sounds like a flashing me moment. I'm just going to rejoice in myself. I'm thinking it's an amazing grace moment. How so? What are you, what are you thinking there? That by the grace of God, it's not me. By the grace of God, I am able to lift up another and not make it about me. I certainly would agree with that. And I would throw this additionally out to you. Remember how we're always talking about the problem and the solution. Right. The problem is I make everything about me. The solution is to pursue the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally, right? Well, how does that fit into here? But let each one examine his own work. What did I do? I went through these steps. Lord, was am I spirit-led? Am I, am I walking with you enough to go have this conversation? Okay, Lord, convict my heart to share the truth. Okay, I'm going to do that. I want to restore. I'm going to be gentle, and I'm going to pursue their best. Well, notice what it says says here, examine my own work. Look at my life. Did I do that the way God wanted me to do? He didn't say, did you get them to change? He says, examine yourself. Okay, now that I've had the conversation, I examine myself, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone. What if there was no change? This covers that. That's what's so cool about this. It, well, it doesn't matter. I didn't see that. That's, what if there's no change? What if there's no change? That's what it's saying here. But let each one examine his own work. Herman, you did what I asked you to do. You are walking with me. You were wanting to restore that relationship. You were gentle. You were pursuing their best. Okay, rejoice, Herman. So you're saying this is telling me it's not the result that matters. It was your faithfulness. It's whether I did it and whether I did it with those those components. And I can look at myself at that point in time and, and rejoice that I did what God asked me to do and that he is not rejoicing and not in another. What does that mean? The way I read that is I'm not rejoicing because they changed. I'm rejoicing because I did what God asked me to do. That is, that's just really exciting to me to think about it that way. I just, I just love that. That's just really exciting to me. That is way cool. Yeah, and then that is further 
stated in the last verse, for each one shall bear his own load. Herman, this isn't about getting other people to change. It's about you doing what I ask you to do. I'm going to bear my own load. I'm not going to ask you to bear my load. Yes, we are to do that in the family. That's how I would read that also. I am to focus on me doing what's right, not expecting others to do what's right, just me do what's right. So the steps would be simply five steps, be spirit-led, restore, be gentle, love, rejoice, and then finally, verse 9, persevere. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. That's what we started with, perseverance. It's going to require perseverance to stick in there and continually do this. So the one thing I'd like us to remember to help you with all of this, be gentle. Be gentle. The spirit of gentleness. The spirit of gentleness. Have this mindset of restoration with a spirit of gentleness. That's how you approach any of these family stressing type of time. So the six steps, be spirit-led, restore, be gentle, love, rejoice, persevere. Exactly. Those are the six steps to deal with family stressing. Thank you, Herman. And before we go, I want to invite you to drop us a line at Great Relationships, P.O. Box 51836. That's Post Office Box 51836, Midland, Texas, 79710. Great Relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. How many of the family are coming over this time? Looks like we'll have a full house. Again. What are we having? Same as always. Turkey and stressing. Stressing? What causes the stress? Have you not been at the last few family get-togethers? Can't you tell it's always more stressful? The more family you add to the equation, the more stressful it gets. I'm a grown adult, and I feel like I've turned back the clock and I'm in grade school again when mom arrives. (laughs) That's funny you should say that. I feel exactly the opposite, like I'm the only adult in a room full of kids. There must be a better way, a way where we all seek each other's best and enjoy our family time. By the way, when we have family gatherings, I'm worried that you could actually think you ever act like an adult. Don't be a turkey. Join Herman and Paul for their next show to learn how to take the stressing out of family relationships. 